Welcome to my podcast. I'm Libby Rothschild of Business Branding and Building. I'm a registered dietitian certified personal trainer. I've been a certified personal trainer for over 10 years. And as a registered dietitian, I manage nine streams of income. I am here to help you position yourself as an expert among your niche, make a lasting impact, and manage multiple streams of income as well. Join us, join me and our guests, and get inspired. How are you tonight? I am great. How are you? I am so excited to be talking with the Anne Elizabeth. <laughs> it's fun to be on the other end of a conversation. <laughs> Definitely. Yeah. So I'm excited to, you know, introduce you and chat with you. And you had me on your podcast last year. So I'm super excited. Thank you for, for joining on, on mine now. And it's, yes. it's great to have you here and to share all your knowledge and experience. So you want to go ahead and let us know your name and location. Sure. My name is Anne Elizabeth Cundiff, and I am in Waukee, Iowa, which is a suburb of Des Moines. So very close to the heart of the city. Great. And length of time as a dietitian. You know, I was just adding up my numbers, and I think I wrote in your answers, I've been a dietitian for 17 years, which just shocks me to no end. <laughs> That's amazing. I, I love it. So you've you've gone through continuing education sort of cycle three times. Yes, three times. And I think I was right at the beginning of it when it kind of started changing over to that certification period. So yeah, crazy. And <laughs> believe it or not, that is one of the many things Anna Elizabeth and I actually talk about. Continue. Yeah, it <laughs> it's on our radar really bad right now. <laughs> yep. All right, great. I love that you have 17 years of experience. It's fantastic. Okay, so how we connected. So I was thinking, I know we connected through Instagram, but I think it was through a quote or something that I had posted and you reached out to me and asked if you could repurpose it on your site, um, on your feed. And so that was a long time ago, but I always think that Instagram is the best matchmaker. I think it's better than any other dating service. And <laughs> that's how we got together, which I love. Yeah, I love that too. And I also love that you network with so many dietitians. I love your podcast. So you've been a huge inspiration to me. So I want to make sure that everybody listens to conversations with Anne Elizabeth. And um, yeah, so so that's great. So my story is the same. We connected on Instagram. I read your book. We met in real life. So we are friends. We've hung out at Fancy and spent time <laughs> together. So that's always special to have that connection both in person and again um, online. So we get to follow each other's journeys. Absolutely. That's the best part is just seeing what everyone's doing and then making those great connections through a social media site, but then actually scheduling time to be with each other too. Yeah. So the power of the in-person in conjunction with the online is very important. So I, I, I've just got so much joy out of going to Fancy. I know it was my first time, so it was like that high. But I think when you are able to, to do any kind of in-person networking on any kind of consistent level, there's something special to be said about that as well. So. For sure. And I, I actually like want to plan my trips so I can meet kind of like you were doing, like going places and when you travel and making sure that you connect with someone that maybe you know through a social media site and making sure that you spend time just to have that face to face. So yeah, so what, what, what Anne's talking about is when I travel and I travel pretty often, I try to meet dietitians in the area and 
I do think that's really special and important. And I do make it like a special effort to do that. And I've been lucky that people have been flexible with me as well. Uh, sure. That's really, it's really fun. So I, fun. I will have to make my way over to, to your, your next notes <laughs> as well. And vice versa. I definitely want to, I, initially Oops. I was going to head your direction in the trip got canceled. And so I still owe you a trip your direction. You know, I almost forgot about that. Yeah, I know it's a long time ago, doesn't it? Yeah, we, we've, we've been connection, you know, we've been connecting for I'd say over over a year or something like that. It's been a while. Yeah. So I almost yeah, I almost forgot that there was a, a journey that you still have to, to complete to, to I do have a pilgrimage to the East Coast that I have to make. So for oh sure. Boy. That sounds like fun. <laughs> All right. So you want to tell us about a typical day or two different uh, typical days with what you do in your role as a dietitian? Sure. So my full-time job, which is where I spend most of my time, I'm a retail dietitian for a grocery store chain here in the Midwest. So in about eight states, it's called hy V, which I absolutely love. So I get to work basically in community nutrition and just kind of focusing on the people around me, how to help them in their community, in my community, and then also my employees. So that's also part of my community. So my store has about 400 employees that I actually have touch points with on a regular basis and their own personal health. So it's a great, great place to facilitate being a dietitian because I'm their dietitian, which is so fun. They're like, oh, there's Anne. She's my dietitian, which is a great, great feeling. And then my side hustle, which is podcasting, which I really felt that I just needed something to kind of excite me and keep me excited about my career. And that's why I started doing podcasting and writing and, and kind of doing just some of those things on the side. Absolutely. So can I ask you, because I do think, and I know we've talked about this, that podcasting is an untapped form medium of expression. And I know there's a lot of dietitians on Instagram that are less so on, on YouTube, but I feel like the market on podcasting is even smaller. Why do you think that's the case? I just don't think that we understand it as well. I mean, think of the, your journey through podcasting, just trying to figure out all the logistics and all the technical things. I mean, it's it's very overwhelming. So I think if you kind of get past that piece, then it's great to showcase your specialty as a dietitian, and we need to do that more often. I agree, and um, you're right. Uh, my first ten plus episodes, you know, I <laughs> I had I didn't figure out the audio, and I knew that if I made excuses, and and I wouldn't start it for another year or two. So I had to just do it. Just uh, do it. You're right, though. And I feel I actually feel the same way about YouTube because I really want it. I have a YouTube channel. I want to be uh, more into it. Uh, but I also do think there are some extra steps. Now, I don't want that to be an excuse, because, no. <laughs> but it is true. Like the, you know, to, to get the, the camera and the lighting, it does, you know, you want to have the production, you want to have the content, but you want to be mindful of the production as well. And it can all fit into place, but I, I'm not exactly sure why there aren't as many dietitians on YouTube either. But uh, I, I love that you enjoy your full-time job and your side hustle is also awesome. So very yeah. cool. <laughs> So are those your two two typical days? With the typical side days, yeah. So side hustle day is usually Wednesdays. That's usually when I podcast the most. I kind of do batch podcasting. So I schedule a few guests um, on a day that I podcast. And then I work four days. I work four 10-hour days during my week. And so I work Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, Friday at the store that I work at. Sometimes weekends, I did TV like Sunday morning for a local station. So therefore, I kind of adjust my schedule. But that's usually a typical week. 
Very smart of you to put the podcast to batch them and do them on your day off in the middle so you can have a couple days to yourself. That's really smart. It works. It's it's taken time to get to that point, though. So a lot of trial and error because sometimes you try different things to see how it works. And that's just how I figured it out. And it works out pretty well. What keeps you motivated to stick with the trial and error? You know, well, first of all, I love podcasting. So I just love talking to dietitians. So I try to fit it in as much as possible. But I also have to be mindful of my time. And I still like to come home and, you know, watch Netflix and relax on some days. So not a time that I want to be doing podcasting, tired to really be present in conversations. So I just decided, you know, a day off is still a day to have off, but it's a great opportunity to do any type of reaching out to other dietitians. Great. I love it. And so I guess that that answers a little bit of the next question. Um, How has your job description evolved since you started your current role? Uh, Both have evolved very differently. So as a retail dietitian, I've been doing that for about 10 years now. So it has very much changed. Uh, Our company has a focus on dietitians. So when I was hired, we only had maybe, oh, 75, maybe 50 dietitians at the time. And now we have close to 180 dietitians that are in our stores. So very progressive in what our role is. But, you know, we just change with the times and what the need is for our communities. So every day is different. And I embrace that because I love, love variety. And that's why I like the podcasting aspect too. I started out very much like you, very green and very, oh my gosh, so nervous and all over the map. So my first podcasts are very rough and I... I'm talking a lot and I probably shouldn't be because I wanted to listen more. So I've just kind of learned along the way of what works with my guest and, you know, what works with the situation I'm in of who I'm talking to. Did you delete those first podcasts or did you keep them on your... uh, I kept them. I kept them, girl. I need to keep... Well, and I keep them because I like to remind myself of where I started and, you know, in 10 years, hopefully I'm super excited about where I'm at. So I can kind of keep building upon those relationships I made earlier and checking in with them again. So, you know, number one through 10, I would love to, you know, talk to them again in a year and see what they're up to and just keeping that connection. So, yeah, that's, that's really nice. And, and I, <laughs> I have to say I wanted to delete my first. And I, I don't want to do that to the guests because the guests are incredible. It's just the sound quality, you know, it, it, and the whole experience uh, has, got, has, has improved and will improve even more. But I think there's a lot to be said with keeping, keeping it there for many reasons. Yes. To, to reflect, to network. And then also for me, I want to show people the progress. I want to show them that this is the journey. And there's that, you know, realistic component of that. I, you know, I'm still figuring things out too, like you mm-hmm. said. And, and that's, I want to show people the, like relate with them in that way. Like, I don't, I don't just figure things out, you know? So I, I want, I want people to see that. And progress is so good to share because that inspires people, you know, saying, oh, she started out here and now she's here. And that's what's great about having and keeping those because then it encourages people to say, yeah, you know, I started out at this point, but I'm going to get to that point and I'm excited about it. For sure. Absolutely. Yeah. (laughs) All right. So, and I love that hearing about your job too. That's really cool that it's expanded so much. Uh, Yeah, that's great. Our our business, uh, Hy-Vee, is the grocery store and they just really value health and wellness. And 
that's so great to be in that environment where they support us as registered dietitians and want us to be present, where a lot of grocery stores maybe don't do that. So I think it's very unique. Yeah, that is unique. Mm -hmm. I love it. All right. So let's talk about business and Instagram. Wait, wait a minute. Did I miss anything? No, I didn't. All right. So... (laughs) Do we have in here your, I'm looking at the questions you filled out. Did you fill out the elevator pitch or are we skipping that one? No, we, no, I filled it out. I just said I didn't really have one. Yes. Got it. Got it. So my elevator pitch is basically just starting conversations with people. So I really don't have anything preset when I go into a conversation because I really want to be present and listen to what that person I'm engaging with has to say. So maybe I can help them, maybe I can't, or just maybe just being there and having a conversation is the way I I help them. So I don't pitch my business, I don't pitch myself as a dietitian. I guess I'm more about just being present and being a good listener. That's great. So I, li- I like the emphasis, and you wrote here on your answers, listen in all caps. Yes. And um, so is that the opposite of me? Because <laughs> I'm, like, I'm all about the scripted interview questions. So I pulled a lot of inspiration from you, but also uh, John Lee Dumas. And he uh, is has um, Entrepreneur on Fire podcast, and every day he interviews a new entrepreneur, and he has a set of specific questions. Mm-hmm. And it flows so well. And, and I, of course, created my own set of questions, but I thought that would be a really nice way to create a framework for what I'm trying to represent and getting people to think about the things first that represent my brand and then that can help them make impacts in the field of dietetics and the future of nutrition. So I think it's good to go to have a, you know, um, an idea of how you want to structure it, whether it's interview or free flow, but I love that you focus on the listening. Listening, but you know, structure is always good. And I feel as dietitians, we, we embrace structure so well, because that's what we're used to. We like to have you know, most of us are type A's. So we like to have that nice structure. And I think a good combination of both is just, it's a, it makes a really great experience for both people, the guest, the listener, the interviewer, the person that you're talking with. So I like that you do structure. I think that's great. It's, it's just, yeah, it's a, thank you. It's a different style. Mm-hmm. So cool. Yeah, no, it's good. It's good to have your own style, girl. Yeah. I'm working on it. All right. So uh, tell us your focus on Instagram. So I guess I feel like my focus is really just to be kind of a cheerleader for dietitians. I really like, I think we struggle as dietitians to toot our own horns. We're really bad about it. We don't scream out to the world that we are here, we're present, and we can do great things. So I really like to be able to toot other dietitians' horns for them because we just need to do a better job of of that. So I like to be a cheerleader. I like to encourage people just talking about their passion and their journey of being a dietitian. I think that story is so important to share because I that's what people resonate with is your story. And so that's what I like to focus on is just other people. But I also like to throw in a little bit about myself, not too much, just a little bit. So some random photos of random things like my family and my cat and my food, but mostly kind of working on just focusing on other dietitians. That's great. That's really nice to have that. I I love that empowerment. And I do agree about the story and the storytelling and the way that we process them and remember them. And that's a great way to also inspire and uplift the community through the art and science of storytelling. So that is... You talk a lot about storytelling and how people need to work with that and be more present with that. 
I have a course coming out uh, about it that has to be CDR approved. But yes, <laughs> yeah, yes, CDR approved. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a it's a process. If anyone's interested in that, we can talk about that another time. Yeah, we so, should definitely do a podcast on that. That would be interesting because. <sighs> It's yeah, I I can't wait to learn more about your process. <laughs> I will I will be involving and looping you in for sure. Okay, perfect. <laughs> All right. So walk us through a failure in your business or brand. This is another obscure answer of mine, but you know, back when I was in my early 20s, I very much beat up on myself for anything I didn't do perfectly. And I finally got to a point where I just failures. I learned from. There are so many things and lessons I learned from my failures. So I really don't see them as failures because if I, I learn something from that, then it's not really a failure. So I don't really, I probably have a ton of them, but I've kind of just forgotten them because I've learned something from them. Love it. Yeah. I, I think that's a great positive outlook to have about it. So great. And I like the reflection about your past too, because I think a lot of us, and me included, can relate with that. It happens. We are our worst critics on a regular basis. So we just have to get over that and move forward. For sure. Absolutely. Cool. So walk us through a success or a small win. Uh, I really, over the past few years, I've had a lot of just a lot of personal things happen. And I really feel like every day that I can wake up is a success. So if I'm awake and my eyes are kind of open and I'm, I'm able to move my body and go to the gym and get to work and come home and cook and do all those things, just being alive is a success for me. So whatever occurs throughout the day, it's a win. Everything's a win. So if I can accomplish a good day at work and still have a smile on my face, then I'm happy and I'm content. So that's kind of my, my vision on life and my successes. I love your attitude. It's so inspiring and refreshing <laughs> to hear to hear that's really nice cuz like the positivity is important both from the the standpoint of failure and success which you could argue are the same thing more often. Oh, absolutely. And we can sit here and hash out all of our failures and all our our successes, but at the end of the day it doesn't change where you're at at that point. So, you can dwell on them or you can move forward on them and that's the biggest win, I think. Absolutely. Yeah, it's, it's about the, the move, moving on and, and all that. So for sure. Mm -hmm. What is your favorite resource or book for professional development? So I guess I, you are so good about reading books. Like I, I struggle with reading books. I don't know what it is. I love articles and snippets and things like that that are much smaller. So one of my things that kind of propelled me into starting kind of this side hustle was I read a book by Ella Luna and it's called The Crossroads of Should and Must. And it's a very simple kind of read, but it was basically talking about, you know, the shoulds that you have and the must that you have and how do you choose which road to go down. And it really helped me decide what road I needed to go down at that point in my life. And so that is a very impactful book. I give it as a gift to a lot of people that are just in the midst of random parts of their lives, whether it's personal, whether it's professional. So that's obviously a book that I just really have a strong connection to. And then, of course, I my own book. I love my own book. I reread my book just because I need to keep focused on why I'm a dietitian and where I need to go and just how I can change myself as a better dietitian for the future. So I, I will tout my own book on that. I'll toot my own horn on that one. 
Um, and then as a resource, I have realized that, and I have probably said this to you, that time is my biggest currency. And I I want to do everything, but I can't do everything. So I, I really feel like being able to outsource some help along the way um, is a good idea. And so I feel like having the ability to hire someone is a great resource. And so it's not really, really a book, but it's someone that can help you gain time. Okay. Can you repeat that one more time? This I want to I make sure I might turn this into a clip on my Instagram. Sure. Uh, I just, I really feel like with time as being your biggest currency, you should be able to outsource some help. So you can free up more time to do more of the things that you love, basically. And so therefore, it's not a book, but it's the ability to reach out to someone to hire to help you to facilitate your dreams, basically, and to make things happen. Okay. That's kind of why I hired a production company, which I think you've been working with as well. Yes. Go ahead. Oh, and that's just that has freed up so much of my time with my podcast. I was spending so much time trying to do editing on my own and trying to make intros and outros and I really and my sound quality. And so that's why I ended up just hiring someone to do that for me. So I didn't spend three hours after a two hour podcast doing that. So yes, shout out to Josh, who is the production guy of Anne Elizabeth. She set him she set me up with him. And so I send him my podcast and he helps me put them into, you know, get them up and running on a schedule. And that helps me as well because um I don't do a lot of editing, although, you know, I am still new at this, so maybe I will start to do that more. But it's just nice to be able to delegate just a little part of it because I am in a hundred percent agreement with what you're saying about delegating. Uh, I do believe time is our most precious commodity. Um, and I do think a lot of us have a hard time with delegating tasks, but you can only become better if you focus on what you're best at. And you can only do that if you have some help. And I, I know we have a hard time letting go of things, but the the price I pay for the production you know, person that you sent me to is it's super helpful because mm-hmm. my mind is clear and I'm able to get to push out content. So I'm, I'm a hundred percent agree with you and I outsource uh, a lot of things. So what are your top two things that you would recommend to outsource? Oh gosh, that's a really good question. Um, I feel like anything technical that you don't know, just outsource it if you can, because don't you feel like we spend a lot of time like trying to figure things out and YouTubing and Googling things. And if there's someone that is an expert in it, just like being a dietitian, if there's someone that's an expert, let them take care of it because they're going to do it in like an eighth of the time that I could ever figure it out to do. Okay. Non-technical recommendation. So yes, I agree with, I agree with that. Um, do you have a non-technical delegation recommendation? Um, well, well, this is probably really, I'm a homeowner. So I feel like totally delegate some of those tasks that take time. So like mowing the lawn <laughs> yeah. or maybe even cleaning your house. You know, if that's that don't ever feel like you're a bad person because you have someone else doing those things. If it frees up some time for you to do the things that you're best at, like you totally said. So don't be scared of doing that. You know, there's moms that get nannies just to be able to do some work in their office and they're at the same home and they're in the same place, but they just need someone to watch their children while they work on something at home. So I think it's great to delegate some of those personal things that you just quite, you know, don't have time for. I agree. I delegate house cleaning. I delegate laundry and I'm going to have to make a list of other things as well. (laughs) Um, I am not... 
I am not physically capable of doing those things. I just have, don't have time for it. I, yeah, I choose to not make time for those things. And I will, I just, that is not, you, you might be surprised, like cleanliness. I think I've said this before. It does not bother me, but I know it needs to get done. Like that is the last thing I will ever do. So I would gladly pay someone all the time to do that. Um, if I can, and and again, I mean, you know, I understand that people do take pride in those types of things. You know, people like that, but I think it depends on what you want to do and how you view time in your business. Mm -hmm. So what you're saying is you have a 10 hour day, you know, four days a week in the middle of the week, you have a day off. And on that day you scheduled podcasts. So, you know, as a homeowner, you know, when you have tasks, when you need to get them done, when you can, you know, work or perform an optimal productivity. And so in order to decrease stress, get more important things done, it only makes sense to be able to delegate those things so that you can have more, more pleasure in your life and more balance. Absolutely. And that includes your business and it includes being with the people that you enjoy being with and traveling like you and I both love to travel. So you need to find time for that. And those all things just make you a better human and they make you a better entrepreneur. I really feel like. Absolutely. I delegate shopping. I delegate every all shopping. Yeah, everything. <laughs> Perfect. So. I love that you do that. And you admit it. Some people are scared to admit it, I think. And it's like, no, why? It's okay to to do those things and delegate. Yeah, I think that's a it's a, actually a topic that I might need to address more. So thank you for bringing that up. That's an excellent um, professional development tool or tip or resource. I love that. And I'm going to check out that book too. So thank you for mentioning that. Yes, you're welcome. All right, cool. So what is your favorite food trend? I, you probably are like, she does not answer any question directly. Um, you know, trends I feel are exhausting just in general because they change so much. And just personally, I'm not a trendy person with my clothes. I'm very classic and I have things that are probably 10 years old. So I'm very classic with trends too. I just don't really jump on the bandwagon. But I think what's good about trends is that trends make people curious. And that's the best part about them. So, you know, people that don't know about different food items or different resources or different movies, they just get curiosity and that makes them look into different things. So curiosity just makes you grow and it makes you learn. So I think that's what's great about trends is that it sparks curiosity in people. That is the most unique answer I've had so far. I love it. Usually people <laughs> just go with plant-based, but you had the, you had the fun, you yeah. know, thought-provoking answer. <laughs> I love it. So, uh, okay. So that'll go with the whole grouping of best or the, the friends. favorite. Yeah. All right. So if you could go back one to five years from now, what advice would you give your younger self? So I, I really thought about this a lot. And my younger self, I was kind of a crazy person as a younger self. I just was all over the map and I really didn't have a great focus. And I think in that process, I focused on other things that weren't relevant to really what was going on in my life. And so I go back to that less stuff, more life, just because I think there was a time where I thought buying things and you know doing things out of my means were, were satisfying, where really I wasn't focused in on what really I wanted to do internally. So going back and not buying a whole bunch of crazy stuff that wasn't applicable to my life now and just really minimizing all that um, tangible material things and focusing on the good stuff. Like this is the good stuff to me. Like you and I having this conversation is such 
has so much more value than anything in my home. So I really feel like that I would have said, Anne, you know, sit down, refocus, you know, stop buying things and see what really is going on and what you really need in your life. So, yeah. I love that. That's, that's a great reflection. Have you read the book Essentialism? I haven't. Uh-uh. Okay. So that's that what a, I need to read. Yeah, definitely. Um, okay. also, also, I know uh, with books, is it easier to listen to the audiobook, like Audible? Would that yeah, be? I haven't got. I need to because I love listening to, odd, to podcasts. So I think I do need to get on Audible. And I think I would love it because I do have a bit, of, a bit of a drive every day. So it would be something that I definitely could, could tap into. So. I'm a huge fan. I listen to several books a month from Audible, but I will say it can be a little hard to keep up with podcasts and books on Audible. <laughs> so much information. <laughs> it's a lot. So, you know, it's just something you have to work out and, and then maybe have it because like you said, the commute schedule or for me when I'm doing passive activities like getting ready, I like to listen or oh, walk sure. to the city so that I allocate that time to learning and self-development and um, I patch that in. But Great tip. What do you think about the future of dietetics, food, and nutrition? I It's so exciting. I think about when I became a dietitian 17 years ago, holy shit, um, that we are, we are in so much more. There's so many more opportunities for us as dietitians than there ever was. And what's the greatest part about it is seeing dietitians creating opportunities. You know, they're not waiting for the opportunities to come to them. They're making it happen. And they're going out and creating like you, you know, creating the whole CEUs and classes and podcasts. And that's what is so exciting about our profession. And we are so smart and we have so many skills that we can do almost anything. And if we don't have them, we're going to go get them. Like we're going to make it happen. I love that. Super empowering. And I agree. And it it seems a lot like you and I have similar like brand messages, like inspiring people to tap into their inner potential and, and add value in the field. And I know you do it through the art of storytelling through podcasting, which is really important in connecting. And I try to push people through personal branding and social media as well, which I think is important. So I think it's, it's really great because the power of, Having those conversations and storytelling and connecting is one of the many, you know, important aspects, fundamental aspects to get yourself out there. Yes. And, you know, when I was a dietitian branding, I would have been like, what is that? I have no idea what branding is. I'm just going to go do my job and that's it. And so I think just that whole new frontier and the one that you're on is really such an empowering frontier to be and being a pioneer in it. So thank you for doing that because I know you're inspiring other dietitians to do and try it and make it happen. So thank you. Thank you for the kind words. I will say I still do think people have a uh, strange relationship with the word personal branding. I don't think, I think, well, um, I think people kind of like don't like that word. I think it's a, it can be a difficult word because people have a very um, strong reaction to it. So I think it's really hard. I think you have to break down what does personal branding mean? And, and I think that it can be hard to define. Uh, so I think it's, it's important to have that conversation. But I comment personal branding as a, a very complex um, you know, it's, it's really an opportunity to 
to develop who you are and what you represent and why you do it and how taking those elements of what you do both online and in person can help you manage multiple streams of income, stand out in your field and make lasting impacts. And in order to do those things, you have to be consistent with who you are, what you do and why you do it. And one of the steps in order to get there, and, and one of the reasons I've sent my friends to you, and I think I want people to connect with you and be on your podcast and tell their story as well, is that that's one of the many steps that people need to take to, to really branch out and not just to start to, and to develop, but to, to constantly work on their personal brand. You just got, you have to get out there. You have to talk to people. You have to let people know who you are. Nice. And um, that, but that's part of being, that's the life of a, of a side hustle and an entrepreneur. Mm-hmm. And I think it goes back to that. We don't want to toot our own horns. And I think that's probably maybe that, that wall is that we just don't want to talk about ourselves and what, who we are and what we want and what we can do. Because I think that dietitian stigma was, we just don't do that. And so maybe that has a little something to do with it. So, so this is an interesting conversation because now we're doing some market research here because <laughs> you've, you've talked to, I mean, I don't know how many, like hundreds of dietitians, right? So you, I mean, you're seasoned and you have this great podcast. So is that true? That's what you, you think is the main issue with dietitians is that they have a hard time. Um, is it confidence? Is it mindset? Like, what is it that people have a hard time overcoming? I, you know, I think it's kind of a combination of both because if you think about if you weren't, if you were in a conversation with someone and they were like, what do you do? And most of the time when a dietitian, they just go, well, I'm a dietitian. And that's all they say, which that doesn't, that doesn't represent anything that they're doing in their job because it's so, there's so many different definitions to dietitian. And so, well, you're, you are a dietitian doing, you know, nine different streams of income. So that defines you. And if you just said, I'm a dietitian, everybody, that wouldn't define what you do or who you are. And so I guess I just feel like when I hear that, it's like, oh, then I'm like, well, where do you work? Or what do you do? Or what's your passion? Or what's, you know, tell me more about you. People kind of stand back and like, they're not used to being asked those questions. That's kind of sad. It is. I think it's kind of sad. And maybe it's just my demographic or where I live or who I've talked to. But, you know, when you start talking about dietetics with most dietitians and they really talk about it, they their face just completely change. Their tone changes. You know, they get super happy because they get to actually share about what they do and how they're impacting our profession and our communities and our people that we that we live with and sure. work with. Mm-hmm. So. It's interesting. I've just noticed this. I'm just sitting back and like watching, you know, different people's reactions. Yeah, that's, that's really good market research. I I mean, I've also done, I mean, my podcast is market research. I've done a survey that's market research. I ask people questions all the time to try to understand where my audience is coming from, because that's part of me trying to solve problems. And I, I just would like to know more about this. So I'm interested in this. Why are people having a hard time being the expert? Because to piggyback off of what you said, like we have to get better at positioning ourselves, whether it's on social media or in person. I know in the clinical world, it's tough because oftentimes, you know, we have to prove ourselves to the team. And if we're not, you know, if we're a, a, a dietitian without certified diabetes educator or we're not nutrition support, we might not be as not acknowledged as much. And that's not just from the team standpoint, that's from a billing standpoint. So oh, it really sure. comes down to, to policy and politics. 
So that does create a divide and that's really sad. Um, and, but I think the best you could do is, is try to, uh, you know, make, make an impact and do in services and network with other dietitians because there are so many opportunities. But I do wonder why a group of such high-performing, intelligent um, people would feel like they shouldn't or that, you know, they're concerned or afraid about sharing their story. It's very interesting. I mean, I even think about just networking events at Fancy. You know, that's a place where there's dietitians everywhere and we're right. all doing different things. And there's still people that just, well, yeah, I'm a dietitian. I work at a hospital. Well, that's not all you do. What do you do at your hospital? You know, what are the things that you're doing? And so I always want to know more because there's so much more to the story. And so I think it's okay to be like, yes, I just, I work with cancer patients or I, I run the kitchen or whatever you're doing. I mean, talk about it. That's what makes you who you are. So, yeah, there's just so many interesting parts of this conversation. This is really, um, I'm really enjoying hearing your take on this. I also want to say, why isn't this being discussed more, that dietitians are underrepresenting themselves? Because the conversation that I hear time and time again is how frustrated dietitians are for people not under, for consumers not understanding the difference between RD and nutritionists. But I come back to this. I say to dietitians, and this is my, I feel very strongly about this, that we just have to make sure that we're showing people what we can do. So when you show people who you are, what you do, and why you do it through your personal brand, I think people, you know, if you're going to beat over their head what an RD means, you're going to turn people off. Mm-hmm. But if you show them that you've impacted lives, that you have a niche and you're here to help, it's a completely different um, approach to that conversation. So I would like the shift to go away from RD versus nutritionists and more towards what you're saying, which is how can we showcase who we are, what we do and why we do it. And that's in essence, our story, our personal brand, our ability to make impacts. So that's my opinion that we need to um, definitely address that question a little bit differently. Which is why it's great to do what you're doing and why it's great to do what I'm doing because we're helping facilitate that to move forward and hopefully giving some inspiration to dietitians to do the same. We have some serious synergy going on here. Yeah. I'm loving it. I'm loving this. I'm, I'm just like want to send people your way. And, and I think that's really, that's really great. It's just so nice to be able to, to connect in that way and to listen to your podcast and connect with the people on Instagram or in real life and just enjoy that conversation. So excellent. Last question. And then final thoughts before we wrap up, will robots take over the world and compete for our jobs? So you turned me on to this show and I never would have, I, I said this to my answer, I never would have thought of this ever until you said you need to watch Black Mirror on oh, Netflix. And so that's very much, very much talking about robots and just how, you know, virtual reality and all these things are going to change in the future. And I, I never thought of it until I watched that show. And then I watched that show and I'm like, yeah, this could happen. That could happen. This could happen. So I think I I still believe a dietitian provide a personal connection. And I still think humans will always kind of go be gravitating towards that personal connection. So I think dietitians will always have a place in whatever our profession you know, goes into. But I think there might be some parts of our profession that robots can replace. So, you know, maybe in a clinical setting, there might be more things that they could do 
as far as like providing chart notes and being able, so we didn't have to sit and go through charts, you know, page after page after page. Maybe they would just put it all together for us and be like, here you go, provide our recommendations or, you know, but I think as, as far as humans, we will always gravitate towards that personal connection. And that's what dietitians do. We are those warm, fuzzy people that listen and give them our expertise and really just zone in on, on their personal needs. And that's always going to win. Yeah, but and robots can help delegate tasks. Yes. So I mean, yes, going I'm, back to that time. <laughs> I just wanted a full circle here. And Black Mirror <laughs> is a phenomenal show, but just as a warning, it's not a bingeable show because it's no. so intense. It's like it's watch so one episode. It's so oh. good though. It's so. Um, have you seen all of them? Do you have a favorite? I've watched them all. You know, the one that probably I was drawn to the most was the whole social media, like gratification. And I think maybe I resonated that more with that because I am on social media, but how I think that just really affects a lot of people. And I think it's happening already. And it's interesting how it could go. So my boyfriend teases me about that episode This where this girl's walking around with her phone and it's really dramatic and obnoxious and he teases me and says that that's me. For anyone who's seen that episode, that is not me. Okay? No, she it's is not ridiculous you. and dramatic, but yeah, the, the show is phenomenal. My favorite is the virtual reality episode where the guy um, plays a virtual reality game. And I mean, they're all... Oh, yes. Fantastic. Just yes. exceptional show. A couple of them are, are just like really painful and tear provoking. And yeah. that's what good TV does. It, it takes you through that story, right? That storytelling experience that you that you also feel when you listen to your show and talk to other dietitians and, and, and whatnot. So that's kind of true. It does. <laughs> yeah. So any any final thoughts today, Anne, before we wrap up or anything you wanted to say in closing? Well, I am just thankful that you gave me this opportunity to be on the other end of the mic, which is kind of fun. I love doing that. And just keep doing what you're doing. I think we're both in that that place where we can really propel our profession. And why not? Let's just go for it and make it happen. I love it. And and yeah, this is such a nice connection that we have. And likewise, and thank you for having me on your podcast. And thank you for joining me on mine. Such a pleasure. Absolutely. Thanks, Libby. All right. Take care. Bye. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you for joining today. If you too are interested in positioning yourself as an expert among your niche, building a lasting impact and possibly managing multiple streams of income, feel free to apply for one-on-one coaching. I help both exercise and nutrition professionals. You can apply on my Instagram link in my bio at Libby Rothschild or check out my website, LibbyRothschild.com or send me an email. Say hello. I'd love to meet you. 